Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. I'm in New York for the start of the second half, for the start of the final 42%, Jay. Jay, it feels like we've been talking about the same things about this team forever, but I guess at least now we have um, some games against the Mets. We got Max Scherzer. We got Juan Soto. We got perhaps Tatis, Will Myers. What do you want to start? Uh, that's a good question. I, I'm still in shock today, Kevin. I, I went to the DMV and I had an eight o'clock appointment oh, and no. I was out of there by eight thirty. And I'm I'm still amazed that that happened. So I'm I'm ready to take back almost anything that I or anyone has said about about the DMV. Only one person was sort of rude and condescending out of out of like five that I dealt with, and so I'm 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 a little off here, but. Uh, I don't know. Why don't we? Why don't we talk? Why don't we talk about the Padres and and what they've what they've been recently, and whether there's any reason at this point to expect a change uh, in that without people coming back. I mean, we right. you know, is anybody going to play better uh, <laughs> with with you a break? What? And I obviously there's no way to know the answer to that, but there are several candidates. I mean, you almost can just go around the, the diamond, you know, to come up with candidates of, of people who can. And that includes Manny Machado, who has not been good since he came back from his injury, which tells me he's probably still a combination of he's probably still a little injured. And he was never going to have, you know, a 960 OPS throughout uh, throughout the season. So what, who, who are you looking at? to sort of, you know, kind of step up right away? And and with Daniel Camarena on the injured list, Who's going to step up against Max Scherzer? Max Scherzer is unbelievable, as if that's a newsflash. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm going to start there just real quick because you mentioned him. It's your fault. In his three starts since coming back, he has 31 strikeouts in 19 innings, and he's walked one. Guy was on the shelf for seven weeks, I think. And right. the Padres missed him last time in San Diego when they took two or three, uh, crushed the Mets two out of three. Um it's, it's unbelievable. All right, we'll get back to the Mets pitching coming up. But, uh, wow, they are so fortunate to uh, not face Jacob deGrom because he's exactly the kind of guy who could come back from being on the shelf and, you know, go seven shutout. Sure. Uh, Jay, sure. I love your point. I love this, the, this place to start because while we expect them to add people at the deadline, while we expect players to be back, key, uh, you know, in, including one really super important player. Right. There's no guarantee of anything except that the guys that are here, you know, they're going to start this, the second half because we're at least probably we're at least six games away from Tatis, at least three, perhaps six away from Myers. Um, these are the guys where who's my candidate? Well, I mean, I've been saying for a long time and it occurred to me this morning, there are only 68 games left and <laughs> Trent Grisham is still batting below 200. Right. Um, it's it, it's like almost impossible that he would be batting below 200. If he was batting 220, we'd say, oh, this is a, ter- a terrible season for Trey yeah. yeah. So there's your number one candidate because it can't get worse. Well, and the, and the problem is it has gotten worse for him, <laughs> at least in the in the field. It, right. He's in this weird, you know, defensive slump, if you will. I mean, I, you know, I, look, I've talked many times about I don't put any stock in gold gloves, whether it's Trent Grisham or anybody else. I, I think they're a farce. 
And the fact that he won one doesn't change anything for me. I mean, I've watched Trent Grisham every day, you know, virtually for the last three years. I think he's a good center fielder. At times, he could be very good. I've never thought he was a great center fielder. But it's bizarre what's happened over the last couple of weeks where he's just missed a lot of plays and just – I don't know if it, it almost seems like a like a mental slump, sort of a concentration type issue or the kind of thing that makes you wonder, like, is his eyesight OK or or that sort of thing? Because there's plays that he's just not that he's not making that that you would expect anyone, let alone. I mean, whatever my thoughts are about he's he's a, he's, he's an above average center fielder. He should be making these plays and he's not. And so that's the weird thing that you would think, okay, he's, he's struggling a bit at the bat, although his numbers are better, of course, yes. now than they were, yes. but they're still not where they should be. But he's not really making up for it consistently, <clears throat> excuse me, on defense. And that's, uh, do you get any sense of what's going on there? Do the, is there any talk about what, what might be, you know, sort of ailing him, so to speak? No, and I've tried. Um, and it could be just like, you know, it could be a little bit like with the hitting, I don't know, uh, though the hitting was more, is easier to figure out. He's kind of uh, been in his own head and, and you know, taking his strengths of, of, you know, having a good eye and is actually working against him. This uh, confidence is, is one theory, you know, I mean, just like he has misjudged a few balls. So there's been both mental and physical mistakes. He's made bad routes. It's like you could pick a few plays of every type of possible way that he could mess up. And, and he has. Um, right. Right. I've always been far more of a Grisham guy than you. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, uh, but that's my guy for, because I'll tell you what, his best portion of the season was the Padres' best portion of the season. Yeah. Um, I writing about it in, in, in early June that he, Profar, Cronenworth, and man, not like I'm some sort of genius, three important guys on the team did well, and the Padres did well for three yeah. weeks. Uh, like super well, like, you know, not not like where they are now or, or they're just the season, which is still 10 games over 500. Mm-hmm. But, but they, I don't think this team as presently constructed like they should be a playoff team. But the way that they've played the last month, which is one third of the season. Right. right. More at this point. No, a little bit less at this point. Um, but uh, I don't think it's a playoff team. It, the way that they've been playing. I mean, they should be with this pitching. Yeah, and, and with these hitters, like I'm looking at the Mets, Jay, and I go, wow, man, they've got a lot of dangerous hitters. Well, I bet you there's some people that look at the Padres and think that some of their hitters are probably doing better than they than they are. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's that's true. And I, I mean, the Mets and, and the Mets aren't that great. Go through, go through it and compare lineups. But I mean, I, I know, obviously, you know, Pete Alonso is is a much better first baseman than the two guys the Padres have put you know put together. Twenty four um, bombs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Jeff McNeil is an all star second baseman, just like Cronenworth is, and Cronenworth has been good this year. But and his rankings among second basemen are, are are good. He's in the first or second in a lot of those categories. But I wouldn't say that he's had a great year um, so far. You know, Francisco Lindor is a is an all world type shortstop, the kind the Padres uh-huh. normal, normally have, um, and. You know, in the they've got Marte in the outfield, and and I'm I'm forgetting other guys. Eduardo Escobar, Escobar, right? Other guys in the great rotation, and you know, and and Edwin Diaz, who's been ungodly out of the bullpen. He has 75 strikeouts in 37 innings. Um, so, 
yeah, the Mets are, are really good. I don't think the Padres, as constituted, especially without Tatis, are as good as the Mets, but the Padres should be better than they've been over the past month. And and maybe the break does them some good. I don't know. Their pitching uh, hasn't been as good, as you pointed out in your, your story today. It's not been as good recently, even the starters. Uh, there's just a sort of this dead period, and we talked last time about how Bob Melvin was going to make sure that didn't happen. Uh, it's obviously up to more than Bob Melvin to to do that. And so the Padres are in this spot where, as we've talked about for you know three months, they need some guys to be to be better. They need Hosmer to be what he was earlier in the season. They need Luke Voigt to be what he was a little you know after that one stretch when he came back and he was really really good. Um, you know, they need Cronenworth to be to be better. They need Hassan Kim to be doing what he's been doing. He's been their best. He's been their best hitter um, recently. They need Machado to be Machado. You know, Profar's been. I think Profar's had a good season. Uh, you wouldn't take that away from him. Grisham has not, and and Nomar Mazzara has has certainly uh, come on and and been a find in right field. And is and it's good to see him getting more time because of the sort of the Azokar run kind of came to an end there. Um, and, you know, the catching, I mean, Alfaro has been okay, probably more than you could have expected, and Nola has been less than you w- would have expected or, or hoped for. So there's certainly a lot of candidates for guys who who could play better. Um, Here's what I love. This offense is what we sort of expected. Like, maybe a little worse, right? We thought maybe it'd be a little better. I think a little worse. But we, all of us, collectively, those of us on the outside and, and many on the inside since they were trying to get an outfielder, um, a left fielder in particular. We pegged a lot of that on Jurix and Profar being an everyday player, and Jurix and Profar has been just fine. Right. right. <laughs> that, I love that about, like, like predictions and all that. Like, oh, yeah, hey, we all knew. What's the matter with A.J. Preller? Uh, but we all thought Jurix and Profar was a big problem. Uh, and certainly some people, not as bullish as I was on Trent Grisham, uh, but no one thought this bad there's just some well players, man there's just some guys yeah. just dragging this team down and they're they're giant like holes in the lineup yeah no it's true and there's no and look pro, one of the things about profar was could he be an everyday player for the entire season you know there's still 68 games to go so who knows what he's going to be like but so far he's he's held up well and as i mentioned Mazzara and uh you know will my it's it's not like will myers coming back is is like somebody's getting back they're getting mike trout back uh, or anything like that. But Myers has shown at times during different, pretty much every year at some point, he has gotten hot. And if he can get hot just for a stretch uh, when he comes back, that will uh, that will help. Um, so, I, look, I we can't predict who's going to step forward, but someone needs to step forward, and and the starting pitchers, uh, you know, need to be need to be better than they were at the very end of the first half. Uh, I don't read a whole lot into that. We'll see what happens this weekend um, with Snell pitching, you know, getting the second game on Saturday. I think that was probably, I'm guessing that they didn't want to line up all the short inning guys at the back end of the, of the rotation. So this way you have Darvish, Snell, Musgrove. You got two guys who can go seven, even eight innings most of the time you know, sandwiched around a guy who is is usually going five or six. And then I would I assume we'll get Manaya and Clevenger um, Monday, Tuesday in Detroit. And maybe and maybe Mackenzie Gore pitches Wednesday 
uh, in Detroit. So uh, I, watch I, as well, right? Like the starting. Yeah, game. I mean, are they going to go yeah. with the five? You know, where do they go on a five man, six man? I mean, you know, Gore came in that last game before the break and was not sharp, and and you know he had to come out at that point. I mean, I obviously Bob Melvin didn't think Stephen Wilson was going to come in and be worse. Uh, but you know, Gore was having trouble finding the strike zone, and that was a case where they needed they needed Wilson to rescue him and rescue them, and he wasn't able uh, to do it. But I, I'm curious to see whether Gore does get a start on uh, you know on Wednesday in Detroit, and or if they come back with Darvish in uh, in that situation. I'm very curious as well. I think that uh, they're a little bit up in the air. Uh, in terms of whether they've already made up their mind, and we just don't know about it yet, whether they're going to go with the six, which is the last thing Bob Melvin is on record uh, for, is that they were going to come out of the break with six. Uh, Some people have talked about uh, that in the organization, about kind of being up in the air about how soon will they pare down to five. Bob Melvin in the beginning was making it sound like toward the end of the year. It could be sooner rather than later that they go to the right. five. And a lot of that is going to have to do with Mackenzie Gore. I, w- I would assume a lot of that has to do with Mackenzie Gore. It's always been a goal that you want to start getting Joe Musgrove, you Darvish, Sean Mania. Because if you look at Sean Mania's overall numbers, that's still a pretty good pitcher. You want to get out mm-hmm. there as often as you can. Um, and if Mike Clevenger can be this guy, then you want to get Mike Clevenger out there yeah. more. Certainly they would love if um, the – the good half of Blake Snell showed up more. Uh, so, uh, yeah. No, if Gore and if Gore pitches well, then I'm sure they'll, you know, you're going to stay with six longer than if, if he doesn't. I mean, I would think that the leash would be if they do go back to six, starting even next week. Um, I would think it would be a pretty short leash in that case because at some point, I mean, you're going to, you know, you're going to be entering August the second time through the rotation. You're going to be into August. And uh, I, I don't think you want to wait too long before you start giving those because it could mean an extra start or two during the down the stretch for those guys that you mentioned um, that you want. You know, and, the, and I think the bullpen is the bullpen is a concern for as long as it isn't. And that's basically for as long as it takes for some of these guys to come back. Um, I, what is the holdup with Jose Castillo? This is the longest rehab assignment in in the history of rehab assignments they still uh, say and it's it's really he's in the minors he was signed back yeah. as a, uh, but yes and ostensibly it's a kind of a rehab because they say they want to make sure that he is going to come up and stay up and be healthy and it's like okay well we're talking about half the season the last yeah. i heard before the break was we're talking about any time now so uh you know i wouldn't be surprised if i if i find him at city field which is just right over there um right. so right. Uh, so we'll yeah. see with yeah we'll see and with that August, and, and, and then Drew, here, Drew Pomeranz, no one knows no one yeah. knows about Drew Pomeranz. it's <laughs> he's coming back from a very tricky surgery and they're like hey if we get him the final month of the season if we have one of the best left-handed relievers the final month of the season then we'll take it uh, look maybe if he had things had gone differently or he felt differently. Um, but, you know, Drew Pomeranz is a little gun shy too because he's been injured so much. When he comes yeah. back, he wants to to be back. So there's that. Pierce Johnson should be in a matter of weeks. Robert Suarez. Um, yeah. And I, you know what? The bullpen, again, all we can do is talk about who's here and how they've performed. But like no other position, the ripple effect in the bullpen. If you start slotting guys in like Pierce Johnson, that can help out Luis Garcia. You know, sure. if you start slotting in Drew Pomerantz, that helps out Luis Garcia and, and uh, you know, Pierce Johnson. So uh, there's that. Taylor Rogers appears to have, you know, 
corrected himself a little bit, gotten a little better luck these last couple times. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, look, like I said, there's not any part of this team that over the last month, I had 29 games, and it's amazing. You pick these arbitrary starting and ending points, right? You yeah. can do that, right? I just went back 29, and that's about when the whole team fell apart. It wasn't like I had to pick like June 17th for one and June 22nd for one. It was after that Cubs series, the comeback yeah. against the Cubs, all that, going to Colorado, and the whole team just sort of fell apart. Uh, it's, so, always Coors, it's always Coors Field, isn't it? Well, speaking of the, the, the Rockies, you know, the Padres play the Mets. Then they get one of the worst teams in the majors in Detroit. And yep. then they go home for twins and five games in four days against the Rockies. And then yeah. three against the Dodgers. For, the, for some teams, it would be like, oh, bad team, good team, bad team, good team. No, the Padres – Face three juggernauts in a row: the Twins, the Rockies, and the and the Dodgers. They might have a better chance against the Twins and the Dodgers than they do against the Rockies. Oh, well, I would say that if those games were at Coors, I would say absolutely. The fact Still, that Petco is a little great at Petco, yeah, a yeah. little bit, uh, a little bit better. Um, that there are two elephants in the room, um, <laughs> so we'll take them in the order of the of the people who we actually know will be here. You mentioned Tatis is might be only six games away. That seems that seems quicker than what I've gathered from what has been written. Yeah. Um, do you do you do you sense that there that he really is only six games no. away, or is that no? A little, I won't have a, a better rough? idea here till till today. Um, look, I, that was in the context of we had just talked about how we can't guarantee anybody's coming back and Tatis could be back in as soon as six games. That's the 29th. It's the start of the homestand. And the, the plan was for he and Myers to stay at Petco park uh, and for for at least a couple days, face some light or uh, face some pitching. I don't know where Tatis was at exactly, but for Myers to face some live pitching and, you know, to get him a whole bunch of at bats. And that's their, I think their tentative plan is for Tatis to have a whole bunch of at bats kind of accelerate as much as he can. They got to be careful and um, that he could be back in, in, you know, fairly quickly. I would really think that we're talking about maybe the Rockies series, maybe the Dodgers series as cautious as this team has been with Fernando Tatis Jr. It's hard to, to see that whole 10 day progression and then like three rehab games actually being the case. I, that, that's, right. that is, right. that is a, that's a difficult thing to, to foresee. So you're saying don't rush and get your tickets for the game a week from tonight. That does seem a little bit. Uh, I mean, Jace Tingler's weird. return and, and Emilio Pagan's return, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that, yeah. that's Pag- big. Pagan looks a lot of Pagan looks a lot familiar uh, so far. This uh, including the quotes from uh, uh, was it Rocco? Uh, gosh darn it! Yep, thank you. Uh, where much like Jace Tingler uh, talking about how he's one of the best relievers when he's on. Uh, when a he's lot on. of the quotes were like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, when <laughs> he's exactly. on. Uh, Juan Soto, you saw him in uh, you saw him in L.A. I'm sure he told you everything that was going on. Uh, as if, as if he even knows what is, uh, what is going on. It's, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not allowing myself to think that I don't even know if he'll be traded. Uh, I saw a column in the Washington post today that talked about, you know, this is not an easy deal from the national standpoint as well. Uh, you know, to try to put anything together now, you know, 10 days or so before the trade deadline, uh, yes, it would give a team another pennant race with him, but would the Nationals be better served to wait? Uh, and maybe the Nationals' new owner would want to try to sign him. 
right. you know, that's another uh, another part of things. I I don't know. Tell me what you think about the whole the whole Soto deal. I don't see Soto as a guy that the Padres can sign long term, right? Unless Machado opts out after next year, um, which was addressed in. I think uh, Tom Krasovic's column today mentioned Manny had given a quote to Tom Verducci of Sports Illustrated about how much he loved Miami, whether Miami would, you know, attract him or not, and he would leave. For more than thirty million dollars, right? Is Miami going to pay that? Uh, who, you know, who knows? But that's the only. I, I can't see the Padres being able to afford Machado and Tatis, and then throw in Juan Soto, you know, making forty forty million dollars a year or whatever yeah. it would be. So if you are getting Soto, it's basically as a rental for a two and a half years, maybe. For um, for three pennant races is, I think, how you have to look at it. Could Right. Could you be three pennant and races. Machado in your lineup. Right. Right. That's, I mean, monster. Like, yes. like to me, personal opinion, but probably colored by both what I've read and the people I've talked to, which is not a whole bunch because really yeah. no one knows what's going on. Um, this is a player who already is Juan Soto. Like to me, three years, which I look at it that way, yeah. three years of Juan Soto on this current roster with these current pitchers, with these current hitters around him is absolutely worth almost whatever you tell me the price is going to be. That That's, that's, that's my take. My, I don't think I'm that far off from what a lot of teams think. Um, so now if the Nats hold out for what Juan Soto is worth air quotes, right. I don't know that they're ever going to deal him. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, and they've taught, there's been talk that they want to saddle whoever gets in with Patrick Corbin's contract, uh, which is like another six, he's owed 59 million over the next two years. Plus you would owe him about 8 million in salary for the last part of, of this year. I mean, there's a lot of money involved and there's the, the luxury tax situation, with the Padres that's also involved this year that would be probably would be difficult to get rid of uh, and, and make, you know, make room for him this year. And let's be honest, if you put Juan Soto on the Padres right now, are they the favorite to win the world series? I don't think so. Not to say they can't. Tatis back and, and Manny Machado. I don't know that they're, yeah. is there a lineup uh, short series than, is with there, that starting pitching? I, but but is that starting pitching any better than Scherzer and Degrom and and Carlos Carrasco and and I, I no but the lineup you know. now is the lineup now is better than the Mets um, and to Wait, me the well, lineup if you have those, if you have those guys it it absolutely is is it better than the Dodger lineup I think it compares to the Dodgers and I think the rotation is just as good so yeah. I think that so, you suddenly created your you you went from not a World Series contender. And I would say that, or, or I'm sorry, not a World Series, anywhere close to a World Series favorite. Not that you can't win it, but not anywhere Correct. close to a World Series Correct. favorite. Even if you then tell me you're going to get Wilson Contreras and 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 uh, Andrew Benintendi, um, you're still not that. You're still not at that level. To, I absolutely think that you are. Like if, when the odds came out after that, I think they'd be right there with the Dodgers uh, and with the Yankees. Um, so. Yeah. I think it's going to be tough to beat the Yankees. Uh, gosh, the Astros look pretty good. Uh, well, that's right. And so that's the thing. I mean, it puts you in the discussion. Two more years, too. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, then you've also got free agent situations coming up with pitchers uh, in the next couple of years. And even if, you know, 
I think you wrote last week that the Musgrove deal basically had to be done by today, or he was talking like he wasn't going to continue. Right. Not that it was a not that it was a hard deadline. Right. I didn't get that sense, but right. but I wonder. You know, we haven't heard anything about that with you know with Musgrove. You certainly don't want him to hit the open market. Uh, I don't think you know everything you hear about Musgrove and see how he fits in here. It doesn't seem like he wants to leave at all. That would be crazy. But it doesn't mean he won't. Uh, so you would want to get that done. You've got another. You've got a couple other free agents coming up. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think it. It's it's certainly a huge risk. It's. I'm not saying it's not a, wor- a risk worth taking. But man, I would. I would have to think long and hard before I gave up. You know, four or five, six, whatever it's going to take people to to get Soto as great as he is, knowing that it's for you know for for like you said for three pennant races. And he's going to make a lot in arbitration. The Padres do have a lot coming off the books. I think, you know, this year would be a, a real problem. Also, there's draft pick yeah. situations tied to the CBT. Uh, regarding Musgrove, not a hard deadline. Always, always take these things with a grain of salt that, you know, money ends up talking. Uh, sure. To one, t- t- one uh, you could even be have somebody on the record saying, I have walked away. I never want to talk to them again. And guess what? They come together the next day or a week later or two weeks later. But I firmly believe that Joe Musgrove does not want to deal with this over the final two months of the season. I firmly believe there's a market for him and he knows it and that he would make more if he is healthy and goes to the market. And so, yes, I would say by the beginning of August that we're going to have a resolution here. They are still talking that 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 we know. So give you an update on that as soon as I can. Um, so that would be the, and you know, and that's another thing that's sort of like a, one of those things, do you, does that become a big part of uh, the Sunday night baseball discussion? And Musgrove has to talk about it this weekend with, you know, New York writers and national people and ESPN people and all that kind of, uh, all that kind of stuff. Yes. New York's a wonderful place to start the second half. Yeah. Certainly be a lot simpler for everyone concerned with the Padres if they, you know, were to uh, announce as, as you walked over there today or whatever that, hey, we have a we have an announcement with Joe Musgrove. Uh, you know, that would make things a lot easier for for everyone. But so just for the record, Scherzer and Darvish tonight, which is a fantastic uh, matchup. Snell and Chris Bassett tomorrow. The Padres beat up Bassett at Petco. Um, we all know about Snell. And then Musgrove and Carrasco, I believe, on Sunday night, uh, which is an ESPN game. All the games are basically at a little after 4 o'clock California time. Same thing Monday and Tuesday in Detroit. Uh, lucky break that there's not a day game on Sunday with what I saw the weather supposed to be uh-huh. um, in New York. I know it's just supposed to get hotter all weekend and be in the 90s. So you've got that to look forward to. Um, it's I, I've never been to City very dry heat as well. Yes. I, although today I looked, it actually was. I was surprised that, I haven't been uh, outside. that, that at least on paper, it's a dry heat. Um, <laughs> and I have not, not been to City Field. I, I was at Comerica Park a couple times. I like that park. I don't know if you have you been there. Uh, I'll say this on Monday. I will be able to say that I've been to every park. So that's my last one. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'll, I'll be curious what you think of that one. I enjoyed. Uh, it's nothing flashy or anything, but I, I thought it was a nice. Uh, thought it was a nice park. And the Padres, as I pointed out, and I had to do our little on deck thing 
one day last week. And I, so I was looking that up. I'll leave people with this. The Padres have never won a game in Detroit. Right. So yep. they lost three games in the World Series and the weird interleague schedule over the past 20 years. They've only gone to Detroit once and they got swept. Yep. They've played in two stadiums there. They've played six games and they've never won. The so, old stadium, uh, the old stadium is my favorite stadium ever. Uh, really? Because it was so awful. Like it was made of wood and they hadn't done any updates and you felt like it was going to fall apart. And the, and the clubhouse was about as big as my hotel room and the dugout uh, steps went down and you hit your head on the cement. And you're like, I just hit my head on the same cement as all the tiger greats ever. Uh, and, and so well, not Ty Cobb that was before that, but, but uh, it was, I loved that ballpark. So it wasn't the press box, like right on top of the field, almost like yeah. this, you were looking down. It was, I mean, it was amazing. That It was so awesome. Uh, the old ballparks are my favorite. There's only a few left. Um, yeah. Uh, They've done a wonderful job updating Wrigley and updating Fenway to keep the old with, you know, making it modern Tiger Stadium, which has gone a long time ago. They never update. I mean, it was a dump, but that was right. what was awesome about it. So anyway. All right. Well, travel, travel permitting, you will be there on uh, on Monday and we will we will be back around this time to do this again and talk about the. Well, we know there'll be three games against the Mets. Anything else that happens, who knows? But we'll wait and uh, we'll wait and see, and we'll wish everyone a uh, a good weekend. And it's supposed to be in the seventies here this weekend, Kevin. So just I'll leave you with that. I'll leave you with this. <laughs> Staring at you. That's uh, thanks, everybody. Uh,